thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. We've always taken mums the word to mean keeping things to ourselves. Well, this is no longer the case as we provide mums with the natural, honest, and reliable resources they need from experts and other mums to keep their families happy, healthy, and safe. Be prepared to use your passion for parenting to empower yourself with the knowledge of choice. Welcome to Mums the Word with your host, mum and chiropractor, Kaz Jaff. Hey everybody, it's Kaz and this is episode 76. I can't believe we made it, but we did. I'm very excited to introduce this week's guest. It's Marcia Bruning, who is a doula from Amsterdam. We decided together to uh, talk about the topic of uh, having a home birth mindset in a hospital environment for many reasons. And as you know, it's a topic dear to my heart, home birth. And of course, living in Holland, um, I feel very blessed that I was able to birth uh, both my babies in a home birth setting. But um, as I mentioned to my clients and I guess listeners as well, many times that you really do need to birth where you feel most comfortable. And for many people that is in a hospital setting. So I think, um, yeah, honor your feelings and birth where you feel uh, you need to. And uh, here we are discussing that home birth mindset and how it can be created uh, in the hospital setting. Marcia is an Amsterdam-based doula and has guided already over 100 births in both medical and home birth settings. Marcia was a fashion entrepreneur for many years in the shoes and bags importing business. She became a mother in 2007 and 2011 of two vibrant happy and healthy girls in a clinical setting. JJ Doula training in Amsterdam in 2013, adding birthlight pregnancy yoga teacher training in 2014 and starting her doula business, Mother Me Amsterdam. Launching of partner workshops, Birthing Basics and Kavon Bafala in 2015 and adding spinning babies and rebozo techniques to her training. Um, you're going to love this episode and uh, super high energy and you can feel her passion and I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. Enjoy. Good morning, Marcia. I'm so excited to do this interview with you on this gorgeous sunny day in Amsterdam, where we're both in our houses in the same city uh, on Skype. Yes. Um, please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, good morning or good day to everybody. Uh, obviously, we don't know when they will listen in, um, but um, I've always been intrigued by podcasts also uh, and how people and when they choose to listen. So uh, this is the first time I'm being recorded, so I'm kind of uh, curious uh, how it will uh, pan out to be, but uh, well, here goes. Um, I'm, um, I'm, my name is Maartje. I'm uh, a 41-year-old uh, mother of two girls, six and 10 years old and I'm um, birth doula and um, I've been um, a birth doula already for uh, four years in and around Amsterdam and um, my background a lot of people always ask me uh, oh my goodness what what what's your background are you midwife or are you a caretaker have you worked in hospitals all your life I said no I come from fashion and then everybody's like Oh, now that explains your your fashion choices. But <laughs> if I'm from fashion, and I get like, I always I'm, I'm a cowboy boot lover, so I always wear cowboy boots and uh, in all types and forms. And everybody's like, oh, there's the doula with boots or the, with the floral. So everybody's like, oh, she's so fashionable. But uh, then I, they understand I come from fashion. Uh, but I also, when I was younger, uh, my father was the fashion 
Irish and entrepreneur in my uh, in my family. My mother was an opera singer, so um, uh, my mother was the one uh, that pushed me a little bit towards her dream when I was little because she was never allowed to go into theater when she was younger. And um, so the first 20 years of my life, I uh, pursued a musical career and singing a lot and uh, then my father said listen you can't really earn much money with that so why don't you just uh, take over the family business which was uh, a shoe and bag importing company and um, and I thought well you know that's kind of combining brains with uh, with with uh, creativity why why not do that so then I, when I was 20 I decided okay well musical and, and theater is all nice but maybe as a hobby that's good and then go into fashion completely going past the fact that as a little girl I always wanted to become um, I called it myself I called it a baby doctor which because I didn't know the word from for midwife when I was young and um, I said uh, I've, I've, I've been known to since I was little to play with dolls and I was intrigued by pregnancy and delivery and labor uh, but with the background of the fashion entrepreneur as being my father and the opera singer being my mother the whole caretaking you know direction of of the well yeah the environment I think that's or the, the background wasn't there so I was never actually kind of still Stimulated to um, to pursue that, mm-hmm. and um, uh, when when I was um, in the fashion industry, I was more and more hit with the the shallowness of it, and uh, also actually the theater. It was always um, focusing on reaching. Uh, bigger, better deals. Um, every collection or every show you had to, or uh, you, you had to better yourself. Uh, it was always about reviews, um, about um, sales, resales figures, and um, uh, it was very much also in fashion for, uh, to be honest, to take other people for granted, like uh, to go to the southeast of Asia and um, to um, to to. To, to go into companies in factories with women, men, children I've never seen working, but I knew it was happening at that time. We're talking about um, 2000, 2001, uh, working really, really hard for our benefit. And then I was there as a buyer trying to haggle, you know, 10 cents of a price that was already too cheap to think about anyhow. Yeah. And it was hitting me more and more that that was so much... Um, there was so much shallowness in, involved and I couldn't really bear with that idea of the whole fashion industry. And so what I did is I tried already as a young entrepreneur when I took over the company, I was 30 years old. It was um, that time, it was it was a company that was belonged to my grandfather. Then my father was the third generation. And I was already uh, really struggling with my with my inner self um so when i became pregnant uh of my first girl uh, my she's now uh, she's just turned 10 um i already felt okay i'm in an industry that I, that won't last for me for me personally fashion is still there will always be there but it didn't feel that i was gonna you know grow old in it 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, but I just took over the company and uh, well, people know me as when I start something, I want to finish it and I want to do it good. Uh, and I work hard to achieve it. So I really wanted to get that company up and running before the birth, my first birth. And um, I started working like crazy and I was like okay I'm, I'm visiting um, you know a midwife in the Netherlands it's very normal to to visit a midwife to never see a doctor uh, because we consider pregnancy as something normal and not as an illness and so I was uh, visiting my home birth midwife and I had a click with one of the one of the ladies in practice and she said listen I understand that uh, you're a hard worker just you just took over the company you're also a singer so you don't need any breath exercise nor yoga I'm going to help you through this delivery Uh, you can email through your contractions but I want you to stop working at 36 weeks because that's when it's um, that's that's after that period you really need to you know take a step back to start focusing on your delivery and then you have enough time to to prepare yourself for it so I did that, and obviously I was also due in a in a peak season. Oh my goodness! So I was like, okay, I have to finish everything before uh, the season actually starts and try and do my best. So I've been working like crazy that time. Well, you can already understand where that goes because obviously at 36 weeks I was at her practice, and she said, mm, "Your blood pressure's gone up, and oh my goodness, there's uh, your urine levels are there's protein in it that's not good as well. I want you to go to hospital." And I went, and hospital said, "Well, you're not going to go anywhere. This is a wheelchair, and you're going to stay." Oh. Oh my God, and that was like, yeah, but my laptop is in my car and I still need to do, I mean, my, my midwife promised me I could email through my contractions and I, <laughs> I mean, hello. And they said, your blood pressure is so high. You are suffering from severe preeclampsia and you're not doing anything. Um, so that was kind of <laughs> a hit. <laughs> well, it's also great preparation for the work that's to come. Well, yeah, so it was kind of in, in my face, so to say. Okay, so I, it was like an immediate stop to everything. And um, I, um, I n- nothing was ready. Not only my company wasn't ready, the house wasn't ready, the, the children's room wasn't ready. Uh, we just um, added a new part, uh, a next door house we added. So that was being refurbished. Nothing was ready. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I have so much to do. But I can't do anything but to sit and lie down in this hospital bed. So that was kind of my my wake up. <laughs> yeah, my wake up call at that time. And um, um, being the person that I am, I decided I, I made lists and was like, okay, I need this, I need that, I need that. <laughs> that person do for me. And um, uh, what happened is um, it, it became from an absolutely not prepared birth kind of not knowing what what I was up against into a completely medicalized environment people saying okay you're 36 weeks you're in a room by yourself at 37 weeks you are going to be induced because we believe that's best for you and your baby and I was like well okay you're you're a doctor Uh, you tell me but in that week when I uh, when I was there I was I couldn't really do anything else but but staying in that room I 
started to talk to the people to try to connect to them. The only way I knew how was to 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 make human connections, and they I got to know uh, a few of the caretakers a little bit better. They knew me, and I'm yeah, I'm I'm I I like to I like to to connect to people. I'm a, I'm a people's person, so I I was really also trying to. Under, and plus, I was in an environment that reminded me of my wish to become a midwife to begin with when I was little. So I was really intrigued. And, and when you ask people about their passion, and a lot of midwives I know are really, really passionate about what they do, but also doctors, also nurses, they tend to talk and then say, oh, but hang on, I don't have time now, but I'll come back. So I had a lot of People walking in and out and tell, talking me about their passion, about their work environment in hospital and, and how they felt they um, uh, a birth could be beautiful in a hospital environment as well. So uh, nice to hear that. <laughs> yeah, because I was kind of, you know, we're talking about 10 years ago and, yeah. and, and, and um, 11 years actually. So the, the home birth rate in the Netherlands was way higher than it is now. We've come down to uh, less than 15%. Um, it was 20% in 2015. I'm fearing really? it's Really? I didn't know that. It's dropped yeah, so yeah, I'm fearing it's going to be 15% in 2017 I, I, I'm, um, and maybe even less. Uh, and then we, at that time, we were talking about 30 40%. So it's come down rapidly. And um, and in hospital, they were kind of like, yeah, we get people here with a lot of, you know, fear against the medical system. But we really are as passionate about what we do as uh, home birth. And, uh, and we're going to help you because I was like my own midwife. She can't come. So she came. She said, Marcia, I'm, um, I'm sorry, I, I don't have the time to to prepare you right now because, you know, I've got my other clients. Uh, you're in hospital now, so the hospital will look after you because that's how it's organized in the Netherlands. Your own midwife, when you become medical, she's not allowed to guide you, uh, uh, you know, or she can't really guide you through your labor. So I, she said, you, now what you need to do is... Uh, to, to try and get in touch with the midwives here. Plus, I'm going to be in spirit here and I have a plant. So she gave me a plant <laughs> with flowers. I remember Aww. she said, everybody's going to give you flowers, you know, a bunch of flowers and they will welt, but, um, uh, welk, welt, but, um, wilt. Wilt, thank you. Uh, I'm not a native speaker. Wilt, okay. but uh, a plant with flowers will stay longer, and um, in particularly, it will last for at least a week. And I'm, I know you're gonna give birth, and then probably you will have to stay a little longer. So this is me. This is a plant, and this is a flowers. And then I thought that was kind of, you know, a sweet thing to do, um, and that uh, really gave me the mindset. Okay, I'm accepting this fact as it is now. And I am, uh, I am, uh, I'm trying to go for the best possible uh, birth in this environment. So that already set me up actually for the doula uh, uh, planning forward to what I have, what I do now. My first birth set me up already for what I do now as a doula, which is um, I'm really passionate about uh, birth in general. I've I've been honored, and I'm absolutely grateful for having already guided a hundred uh, pregnant mothers and their uh, possible partners. I've also, I've also guided single mothers, but uh, a lot of couples through labor and delivery. And what has struck me most is um, that I am really aiming to, um, to 
facilitate a home birth mindset in a hospital environment. Um, because um, if you understand what birth is and what you uh, what your body is up against and what your brain is up against and what your uh, your partner is up against, um, then it doesn't really matter where you birth as long as you understand uh, what's going on. So and um, that's the I I now know that I'm uh, I'm way more a teacher than I always I've ever thought I'd be. Um, so what I always tell my clients, I love the birth prep sessions I give because I I tend to give all the information I know. I share everything. I share um, articles and I share uh, beliefs and views and I share positive stories. I share negative stories as well. And then I'm, I'm, I just give it to my client and say, okay, listen, this is what you, what you have now. And you can, you can make your own story with all the information and I'll just be there and I'll help you through birth the minute you don't know it anymore. But for me, the most positive experience in a birth prep session is one of my clients saying somewhere around 38, 37, 38 weeks. Oh my goodness. I thought I was so afraid. Oh my goodness. I knew I wanted a birth that was, I don't know, highly medicalized with epidural in a hospital environment, but I don't really care anymore. What happens now? I'm just looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this birthday and I want this baby out. And I want to meet my baby. Exactly. But also, I'm not afraid anymore because I meet a lot of people now that are anxiously pregnant and not happily pregnant anymore because there's so much fear being you know, put into our system lately. Uh, we as human beings love horror stories more than positive stories and uh, horror stories that get stuck into people's brains. And I think one of the reasons that our uh, home birth rates have gone down is that a lot of people don't trust anymore that a home birth is safe or maybe even safer than a hospital birth um, because they're like, what if something happens what if something's wrong with the baby what if something and then i always ask what do you mean what exactly can be wrong what if what and then i try and explain how well equipped a home birth midwife is and how well she's trained um and actually better usually better uh, with guiding births normal births uh, than <laughs> A, a, a gynecologist is, for example, because they're they're used to intervene. And then if my clients say, okay, yeah, but still I feel better in uh, in an environment where I know that if that what if is happening, then something can be done immediately. I say, okay, listen, but then we're going to work on uh, understanding what birth is. And that's why I particularly also like Mary's podcast that you just aired about how to normalize birth and what's normal in birth. Um, because I try and tell people what is, you know, what is birth physically, physiologically, what is hormonally going on and what can you do to facilitate that. And it doesn't matter if that's on the A10 on the highway in the back of your car or in a hospital or at home, it matters is, uh, is how you, uh, how you prepare yourself and how you feel with, uh, with what's going on. And, um, 
uh, yeah, well, that's a long, <laughs> that's already way too into my doula business, uh, more than a, just a short introduction on myself. I'm sorry. Um, I tend to start to talk long. No, it's great. Long, it's great. It's long. great. I was like, what got you into the work that you're doing? Well, that was a really good way that you got it started. Indeed. indeed. Um, with the but, fashion. Uh, yeah. And, so, so yeah. when I, when I took over the company and I had my head going back, yeah, I had my first birth. Then um, um, obviously it was a hard time in fashion industry in uh, in 2000 and uh, 12, 13, 14 crisis was skyrocketing. So, oh, after 50 years of the company, it went bankrupt. It wasn't fun. Uh, so I, <laughs> I relaunched it with a group of investors um and with another lady that said okay i'm really looking forward to to rebrand this uh, this uh, fashion industry so i started a brand which was great was a very fashionable brand um and um but i knew i wanted to have a second baby so i waited for the perfect moment for me that was four years after the birth of my first one and when i was pregnant i was like okay i'm this time i want to do it um completely different i um um I want to go back to the hospital I was in the first time. I want to go back to that midwife, that clinical midwife that helped me, that believed in me, that said, um, listen, uh, I think you can do this. Uh, I'm going to stay with you. Um, and who really helped me through an induced medicalized birth at 37 weeks. And she said, I believe in you. You don't need any pain meds. Uh, you can do this. And uh, and I was like, where's my angel? I need that lady again. So I went back to that hospital and said, listen, whatever happens, I went uh, I went through bankruptcy and I went, I'm still in that industry, but I'm already ready to know more about birth than I knew before, but you need to be my midwife. And she said, well, the only way I can be your midwife is if I facilitate uh, your birth being induced again um, surrounding my schedule because obviously huh, she was yeah. in a clear schedule at that yeah. time she said and I'm gonna introduce you to two of my other colleagues because induction takes time as you know so and my shift st stops after eight hours so you're gonna need a team of three midwives uh, a day shift an evening shift and a night shift and then you'll you'll have that baby out and I said, okay, well, so um, I, I basically, in hindsight, she was my, um, I do like myself through that pregnancy and that delivery, but she was the one that gave me all the tools uh, and she thought with me. And when I gave birth the second time, that was the first year in March that an epidural came uh, uh, available 24-7. We didn't have epidurals available in the Netherlands until... To uh, 12, to 11, to, yeah, um, for nighttime, because in the Netherlands we didn't believe there was a reason to wake up anesthesiologists for a non medical, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, problem. Uh, and so I was like, okay, um, I've done the first birth um, all by myself with induction, uh, no pain meds. Uh, that was not particularly horrible, but, you know, I just, now the epidural's there, let me just have that epidural. And she was like, yeah, well, it's a pity, but you know what, you can do it. And I said, okay, but I still, I want that epidural only after four centimeters, and then, you know, I'm going to sleep, and then I'm going to have a completely different birth. And she said, okay. So she facilitated that for me. I didn't know anything about pros or cons. I was like, you know, the epidural must be good, so I'm going to have it. And obviously... <laughs> 
so what happened? Uh, yeah, you know what happened? Uh, I, I it took a long time again for the second baby after induction. After the first four centimeters were very, very long because somewhere in my body that was just like it wasn't ready for birth. And that's all stuff that I know now. But it was like, okay, good. Uh, but I wanted that three midwives, right? That was this one time. You were so spot, sad. I, you were so like, yeah. So, sad. so I was like, okay. Um, so um, I um, I had uh, the induction. We we even, you know, sped up the, the, the syntocin, the synthetic oxytocin a little bit to, <laughs> to get me to four centimeters to get that epidural. And I was like, okay, this is, has to be like this. Then the epidural was in. I was like, okay, now I'm going to sleep for six hours because, you know, one Sensing centimeter. a little I- bit of a, you know, control freak personality here. <laughs> no, 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 no. How no? do you think that? No, no. <laughs> Not at all. Yes, I am. Okay. Well, I was. Okay. I am still, but I was at that time very much so because obviously I was still an entrepreneur. I knew what I needed and I knew what had to be done and I was yeah. always on deadlines, right? So I was also kind of, yeah. even if it wasn't my personality, it was something that I was so always know. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I was doing what I knew exactly. So the, the epidural was in, and I remember at that time at my uh, my partner saying, "Listen, okay, now we're gonna sleep. It's uh, two a.m. and uh, that I'll be fully dilated at eight, and then we can start calling people that I'm going to push, and then you know that's gonna be it." And then at three, I was like, waking him up, I was like, "You know what? I think I that this is," and he was, "No, no, it's impossible. You can't." you can't be fully dilated right now because where's the centimeter hour? Where's your planning? It doesn't. And obviously I dilated from four to 10 with that epidural in less than an hour. And the baby was out in half an hour. And, um, that was kind of, so she was born at three past three something in the morning and the epidural was placed at two, which was kind of very speedy. And I remember after that, that I was like, Oh my goodness, this is so amazing. Um, I, uh, I did that even with the epidural and I felt very empowered. I was like, okay, you know what? I I wanted this to happen. I had the midwife I wanted. Um, um, I didn't I didn't really felt bad about the epidural as well because I felt like, okay, I got what I needed and it was amazing and I still own my birth. And that was kind of also uh, um, what set me up uh, right afterwards, when um, when I when I was home, I was uh, breastfeeding way easier with the second than with the first, and I I could really, I was really like, okay, this is my last and final birth. I need to do it perfectly. And to me, that epidural was kind of the you know the perfect birth for me at that time. And I started talking to people, and everybody was like, but it's such a pity. Why did you do that in epidural? And you could have done without. And I was like, yeah, but hang on, that's my perfect. Don't rob me from my perfect. And I called my, um, I called my midwife and I told her, listen, um, that first home birth midwife who gave me that plant of, of five years before that. And I said, listen, I've had another a beautiful birth again in a medicalized environment i'm so sorry you weren't my midwife again uh, uh your plant was in my brain obviously it died already because <laughs> that plant is well not a green thumb yeah. basically oh no, no no but still so she was like okay uh no midwife you you're not a midwife type you're way too um 
we call that um, eigenwijs, I don't know the proper word in English for it. We, you're way too... Um, Stubborn, determined, want it your own way. Uh, exactly. Yeah, or, my way know, or the highway. Yeah. Exactly. And she said, you know what? You need to be a doula. And I was like, what? A hula hula. I never heard of it. She said... Hula hoopla. Hula hoopla. She said, you've doula yourself through two births. I've seen you. I've been... Uh, you know, uh, cheering you on. I love how you did it. And she said, this is the future for birth in the Netherlands. If you're going to go to midwifery school, you're 36 years old, all the best to you, but you're going to train for four years. Then you're 40 when you, when you get out of it. And then the whole birth um, uh, environment will have changed. And she knew already that home birth was going down. She said, listen, Marcia, um, it's going to be very difficult to, to, to be that personality and then still do your own thing, being the entrepreneur that you are. She said, as a doula, you can and be in between all the parties. You can facilitate clients because she said, I know you're a people's person. And as a midwife, I see my clients for eight months, for eight times, 10 minutes. And she said, then I can only connect with them at the birth. And she said, if I'm lucky, I see them eight times for 10 minutes. Uh, and at the birth, I, nine out of 10 times, I have to send them to hospital anyhow, because there's something wrong or protocol is telling me that, or they want to go to hospital themselves. She said, epidurals have taken over. Um, and she said, you as a person, you, I know you're going to be a horrible midwife because you will not be able to let go because you're going to stay with them all the time, which is also a lot of midwives love doing that. Um, uh, but she... Uh, oh, that's the clock of my grandfather. Hello, grandfather. <laughs> um, she uh, she said, listen, as a doula, um, there are so many doulas now um, coming into fashion, she said, in Amsterdam. That was the time that the JJ doula training just started. Um, uh, Jackie Bloemraat and Jennifer Walker were uh, international uh, South African midwife and doula. And Jennifer was a uh, Canadian doula that both came to the Netherlands. And they introduced kind of the doula into Amsterdam environment. And there was one other doula training in Utrecht. And that was in Dutch. And the JJ doula training was in English. English. And she said, listen, you're, uh, you're so bilingual because besides English, I also speak French and Italian and German. And she said, I have a practice that has so many uh, expats that are so afraid of giving birth right now. Uh, in the Netherlands, in our system, uh, we're still infamous for, eh, in expert eyes, for not providing um, epidurals for home birth. Um, well, that's the rumor, said, right? That, yeah, that was a rumor. And she said, I, I, and 50% of my time with expert is, is explaining them that they can get the birth they want, uh, but I can't help them with that. She said, so uh, as a doula, I want you to know everything about um, an hospital environment because I know that you'll be trained how to how to behave in a home birth environment because that's what doulas kind of you know believe in is best. But I see that there is a big big uh, gain for all parties. She said also for me as a midwife if I can if I can tell my clients listen there's an there's an uh, opportunity for you to to facilitate. You know, that home birth mindset and hospital environment, if somebody is with you all the time and a doula does that, a doula stays. So, um, you know, there's no shift change. A doula comes with you when you're there and she stays until the birth is gone. And plus the, the bonus you have is that a doula has gotten to know you already, uh, you know, in the prenatal time. 
So she said, if I could have done it again, I would have been a dealer too. And that was to me this very down to earth, very, very, very Great passionate wisdom. midwife who told yeah. me you should become a doula was, was what opened my eyes. And she said, uh, in the end, it, it uh, panned out that we knew each other through uh, a an, an former partner of hers that I used to work with a lot in the fashion industry. So that was really fun. So I, I, I think I enrolled a day before the class started. I was there and I, I was thrown into doula dom, uh, doula, doulaism, the doula bees. I don't know, whatever, how you call it. Doula land. As this young mother fashion entrepreneur uh yeah not knowing actually what a doula was only that somebody told me well you do that yourself and then i was completely thrown in this world in the begin with and then a year of oh my goodness this is what people perpetuate a doula should be or should do or should behave like and I remember Jackie every time telling me, Marcia, you're, um, you're a different personality. Don't be overwhelmed with what you see now. You should find your own, you know, um, target group. You should find your own uh, wow in this doula thing. Uh, because I was like, oh, my goodness, Ellie's actually, I know, it's why that for home birth and all the no medical interventions and uh, not in hospitals and epidurals are bad for you. And I, I was like, but, but, but I don't feel like birth like that because for me, the home birth um, uh, mindset was already in that hospital environment. So I had to, that first year it was for a struggle for me to understand what I wanted, what kind of doula I wanted to be. Uh, I always said, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to build a brand and I'm going to make a gorgeous website. And I'm going to be, you know, people can find me and I'm going to uh, have a Facebook and I'm going to write a course. And I, I don't have enough information now surrounding the breath and I'm also add the pregnancy yoga teacher training. So I was like, like kind of again, and lying myself educating myself the pieces of information I got. And um, as it as it happened that year, uh, that, that first midwife, again, she called me, she said, listen, I need somebody in my assistant, my practice assistant, to just broker and call and to do them and help me out in the practice. So I was then in her practice doing all, all kinds of intakes, phone calls, calling hospitals. Again, a home birth midwife that took me into her practice and showed me the in-between world and the, the, the two sides of home birth in the Netherlands and hospital birth in the Netherlands that I was already also, I was seeing two sides. And at that point, I decided, listen, I'm, um, I'm feeling so confident and so incredibly um, grateful for having had all kinds of experiences with her being a home birth midwife. So I said, listen, I want you birth experience. So she said, okay, I'm going to train you at home birth. So please come along. So she, she gave me uh, home birth experiences without me having had one myself. And she said, okay, I'm going to train you as an intern. 
and I need you to go to, which we had to do for JJ Doula training anyhow, but I said, I want you to go to the hospital more than the training is, is making you because you need to understand everybody's role. And um, that was also a very wise decision. So I went back to the hospital. I gave birth myself twice. And I asked them if I could do more internships than the normal, the normal that are required for our training. And they said, yeah, please come along. Um, so that, that started my journey um, in, in hospitals. Uh, and people said, well, you birth so much more in hospitals than at home birth. How can you also facilitate? Tate home birth, but it's about uh, for me a doula is is somebody who's who feels um, um, safe and comfortable and makes a client feel safe and comfortable wherever that is, and it can be at home or in a pool in a birth center or in a birth pool in a medical center or wherever uh, or with an epidural. But I always tell my clients, listen, uh, and I tell them my story. I tell them uh, about my induced birth that I wasn't prepared and that I took you opted for the epidural the second time. And even my my clients that are having a home birth or wanting to have a home birth love I completely and fully own my story. And that I always say if I would ever have a third baby, I would completely birth I don't know, in a birth pool, I don't care. I'm not gonna have a third one. But that's always like that, uh, to me, that would be the, the perfect, uh, you know, um, end of all of my own personal birth journey. And um, yeah, when when I I um, finished the JJ training, and then um, I I was accepted into that as well, pretty easily. And then I said, okay, I want to uh, I want to do rebozo training. I want to do more. I want to know more about hormone hormones in birth. I want to know more about pain management. So I've been literally, you know, giving myself extra uh, classes and trying to educate myself more and more. And that led now uh, to um, a big a big chunk of birth that take up. Of my month, I uh, I guide about four to six clients every month, uh, depending on uh, um, uh, if it's first or second or, or third babies, and um, and I am completely still every birth overwhelmed and grateful and incredibly incredibly uh, happy that I am allowed to 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 guide and watch and feel feel with my clients the process they're going to going through and um and uh, i'm i've never been more at my place uh, oh, myself yeah. than being a doula so that to me is kind of i've turned 40 now 41 and this is like you know everybody says well life starts at 40 well to me yeah that's really true with so much great information provided on each episode, we've created an easy way for you to stay up to date on keeping your family happy, healthy, and safe. For exclusive content, as well as show notes, links for everything we discuss on the episode, as well as a free newsletter to help keep you informed, visit mumsthewordpodcast.com. Yeah, I guess, like I said, it's, it's that um, birth stories that you had set you up for you know, now you have the mind, the hindsight to see why you had those births, so that you can put yeah. yourself in the in the shoes of of the women that you serve. 
and um, yeah. and and just you know, I mean, it's such a beautiful topic because I, I know, as you know, many doulas, and I know that they also have been able to witness amazing births in hospitals. And yeah. and and okay, some people choose a hospital without medical indication, but other people, it's chosen for them, and it doesn't mean that yeah. you know that's it. And um, you know, same with people that I know that chosen to have um, you know gentle C sections, and I think it all comes down to the story that you have for yourself after the birth and, and, and how that goes Indeed. on for you. And, you know, some people can have, I guess, what I would maybe consider horrific um, stories, but their mindset and how they see it or the blessing that they find in it is not horrific at all. And exactly. I mean, that, that can be a metaphor for life as well, right? I mean, yeah. you know, exactly. and, and I, I guess we all get the birth that we're supposed to get. And um, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of framing going on in birth, right? So there's a lot of absolutely. your perfect birth should be, and then my perfect birth was something completely else from uh, well, uh, your perfect birth, and um, um, and it, there's so much. I always try and explain also my clients when they talk to their mothers, especially expert clients. That a lot of mothers are coming over here to stay with their daughters mm-hmm. a few weeks before the due date and then a few weeks after because mm-hmm. they feel they have to be around, right? And this is my mom was at my first birth of my daughter, yeah. Exactly. And then I always try and explain to them, listen, but a lot of the birth in the Netherlands is completely, still completely, luckily we are blessed with our system still for a large part. Um it's completely different than what happens in your home country. A lot of the birth, even if you go to hospital, is happening at home. And your mother will will freak out if she doesn't understand that we're not with the first contraction up and going to the hospital. No, actually, we want to go to the hospital as late as possible. Mm-hmm. And um, so I always I always tell my clients, uh, with, especially with mothers, they have had their birth of you and what they believe was perfect for them, they're going to tell you what to do. And they can't really, and that's with other people as well. They, if they say, okay, you have to have an epidural because I had one. It's always also something because they feel that they made the best choice and they don't want to get shit about it. Right. So they don't want to be exactly. They don't want to be told, Oh, but that's, you know, so their epidural, they're selling their epidural to you because that makes them feel better about their empowered Mm -hmm. choice as well. I mean, that's how we work as humans and that's how mothers do. That's how sisters do. And that's, Oh, when I hear, Oh, I've heard this horror story about it's uh, this lady or my colleague or, and I'm always like trying and and, and detach yourself from that and, and, and see what feels good for you. And uh, with the, 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 the way that I've evolved in my doula uh, biz, in my doula-ism, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, whatever. It, it sounds with that, it, it sounds, sounds cool, right? Because, yeah, because do, dumb with us means stupid in Dutch, right? No, so it's okay, always, okay, that's it's like, true. Yeah. I'm thinking like the kingdom, the kingdom of doulahood. Exactly, well, something, doula, fairy, I don't know, whatever. But, uh, um, uh, yeah, if you, uh, if you come fully prepared with... You know, all my clients say, "Okay, I'm, I'm." And the midwife asks me, "Do you have any questions?" And then I know, and then I go out and, "Oh shit, I should have asked that." Oh shit! So what I do is, listen, I'm gonna give you all the options already beforehand, and you're gonna get the information, pros and cons, and then you're gonna feel what 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 is good to you, and whatever you decide, that's good. But we're not gonna just do your perfect birth plan. We're gonna have a plan A, B, C. So. Plan A is your perfect birth, what you think is good for you. Talk to your partner, 
Um, I'm talking to the partner a lot as well because a lot of partners feel completely left out during pregnancy and they're like, okay, they can come along and then, you know, when the labor starts, they can start timing and then, yeah, that's about it. So for me, a partner is a completely, absolutely 100%, well, 1000% asset that is completely overlooked at the moment in, in pregnancy. So I'm the partner is for me a very involved person in in the, in the you know the birth prep and i say listen we're going to talk to you i'm going to talk to your partner as well what's their fears and beliefs and concerns and what's their horror stories how did their mother give birth to them and they're nine of them is like i don't know i said okay but is your mother going to be around during the birth yeah my mother's going to be around okay well you know then we have your mother there as well so in the end i said the people person comes out again i talk to everybody about their fears and beliefs and then there this this big mixture and then the lady herself she's like okay now i've heard all these stories now i can completely follow my own path and even then if option a is not the best option for me then i have option b that i know uh, i've been informed about that can happen as well uh, which is I'm good about. And then if option B is not working for me, then option C is also okay. And then even I always tell my clients and that I've seen it happening over and over again, even if a birth uh, goes from home birth to a hospital environment with pain meds that wasn't intentioned at uh, plan A, and then from pain meds hospital, we go into C, C-section, and that wasn't obviously not planned at all. Still, my clients at in the end say, listen, I've, I'm... I'm okay. I've I've done it all. I've come well prepared. I knew all my pros and cons. I've been listened to and guided well, and I am completely happy with the outcome. And to me, that's um, in- incredibly powerful indeed and empowering for the mother as well. And me when too. that happens, yeah, you know, and that's what I, I that's what I'd love that. I wish for everybody that that would be possible. Um, and in our system, more and more, they say, okay, the doctor had like, I was like, you know, you're the doctor, you just do your thing because I know nothing. Now, um, uh, clients became, become more and more outspoken. They know more. They know uh, from me protocols and they're, they are, they are finding their own voice and they're speaking up for themselves. And what I see in hospitals, but also in first line in home birth midwifery care is that the professionals love that because they know that um, people are well prepared and know what they want and they know they can, you know, relate to people on, on the same level because people come prepared yeah, and uh, and then you're creating that environment that everybody feels heard, and but also sometimes when the medical professional does have to intervene in ways that a lady didn't want to uh, to begin with. For example, I've got a lot of people that say, "Listen, I don't want to have an episiotomy. I don't want to have that cut. I prefer natural tearing because that just feels better for my body." And please, no episiotomy. But then sometimes. Um, it, it has to happen because the baby is really suffering and it's the birth plan. And then, but the midwife does take time because midwifery to me always has been looking in the future, right? A good midwife, a true midwife always knows what's going to happen yeah. a few, you know, a few steps before it's actually happening. And if we are completely in sync in a room together with a client that feels informed and the midwife knows what she's up against and the the minute comes that she feels that she has to cut, there is always time to talk to the client and say, listen, this is what's happening. I know you don't want it. 
are you still good with that? And then the client comes to her own informed choice. Yeah. And um, to me, that's that's uh, if I can guide and help that to help them communicate with each other, even at the you know at a at a very stressful moment, baby probably you know not doing well, mother partner stressing out. If that mother and that mother-in-law is there, oh my goodness, let's not talk about them because they've already <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, gone into the corner, um, and 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 looking at monitors, not knowing what's going on. Going on. So I'm always trying to underline um, subtitling, actually subtitling what's going on, what the medical professional means, and then trying to get them to talk to each other and make an informed decision together. In hindsight, everybody is okay with what happens, and um, and that is something that I see that more and more there, there's not so much time uh, uh, being taken for that because the midwife only comes in when there's when it's time to push and the, the nurse comes in and out in hospital environments. So as a doula, uh, when you know your clients, when you know the partner, when you've talked to the mother that's in the corner, that's stressful, um, and you can you can help them understand what's going on. Um, and I, that's, I'm not talking only about experts. I'm also talking about Dutch you know, university school people that are in hospital environment and don't know shit about birth, and they're like, "Okay, what's going on right now?" Yeah, you just and said shit I'm on my podcast. Like, you just said, you just swore. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I think we've dropped the f bomb before. Um, I love, I love, I love hearing, I love hearing your passion, and um, and uh, you yeah. know, I never, I never, I always talk to people before we record. Okay, let's keep it to this, and then we'll, if we get to the questions, and, yeah, and I haven't, I'm no, no, nowhere. it's great because I haven't wanted to um, to cut you off. But now I'm going to start to move a little bit in. I'm, I'm going to drop some of our standard questions, but I really. With all your story and your wisdom and to get where you got to today, I really do want you to share some of the resources that have helped you on your way for our, um, for our listeners and then I'll get a, a quote or an affirmation from you and, um, and then we're nearly, we're nearly done. So if you could um, share some resources, that would be awesome. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been thinking about it. There's a lot of books. A lot of books that I like have been shared already. So being yeah. the, the, the down-to-earth, that I am. Um, I love evidencebasedbirth.com. Yeah. Um, it's a website, and uh, there's a lot of um, evidence-based, um, uh, you know, research going on right there. She's continuously the lady that owns it. She's continuously putting new ways of evidence uh, surrounding placenta encapsulation for example or um uh, and then she vlogs about it and she blogs about it and she makes articles and i the way she writes and how she breaks down um university research university-based evidence on to you know subtitled normal people language i love so that's one that i always i they always go to and then um, um, being uh, that so that's evidence based board and um, for me being a doula and and um, and being um, passionate about what I do and also being passionate about the business side of being a doula and the professional doulas um, I love Pro Doula which is a, a, a company in America that's, that's built by Randy Patterson her name was has always been the rock and roll doula Mm-hmm. And she has a few Facebook, and that's called uh, one is called I don't know business of being a doula, and the other is uh, so you think you can do it. So she's got several several uh, Facebook groups, and she's 
if you think I swear, well, hello, mm-hmm. she's like the one that says even F the F word online. And she, I was the first few times I was on her webpage, she's so incredibly strict with people about, you know, she has a few guidelines. And if you don't want to be, you know, mm-hmm. answering to that guideline, she will just, you know, you're shut off of the group. And I was like, oh my goodness, this lady, she has to be, in, uh, uh, who is she? But I, I got to know her a little bit better. I Skyped a few times with her and I'm, um, I'm actually planning to meet her in October. Yeah, but so, so for other doulas, I always say, listen, go to um, those Facebook groups, get, get on it and start reading along because the Americans obviously have yeah. been ha- having doulas already for a longer time in the Netherlands than we have in the Netherlands. Yeah. And there's a lot of knowledge there. So, um, yeah, the pro doula. Uh, website not that not that i always agree with what they do but just reading along already for me is an an amazing resource cool resource cool cool all right well i'd love to hear a quote or an affirmation i'm sure you have a million but um, oh my goodness yeah 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 Yeah. well the one i use i I use and i'm I'm, I'm, i I don't think that i am the best quoter because also it's based on a dutch thing which i try to translate in english and i don't think it's good but i still use it a lot so i'm going to use that anyhow is that i i always tell my clients to start celebrating the birthday of their baby at the actual birth Mm. and that they shouldn't wait for a year to hang up the flags the bunting (laughs) and 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 i always say i will hand you the bunting but you will have to hand them yourselves and um and I love the word bunting because to me that's like super British. <laughs> I love bunting. That was one when I heard, what's that? And it's like, oh, flag, oh my goodness, yeah. And we call them, in Dutch, we call them slinger. So, um, uh, but that to me, everybody understands because birthday in English literally is the day of the birth. But in, in, in Dutch, it's literally, it's celebration. It's not, it's not linked to birthday at all. So if I say to people after I've given a class, happy birthday, they look at me like, hang on, it's not my birthday. But then they, they make the click like oh she actually means the birthday of my baby and to me that is is an affirmation and a quote that people relate to and that and that really also underlines underlines the, the doula that i am love that i love that well um i would love you to share um how people can get in touch with you and find out more about your services yeah oh my Please. goodness well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Well, I've been uh, I've been in the media a lot, in the Dutch media a lot. So people can find me a lot. Uh, in this is great. Space. Yeah, which is great, and I'm I'm really I'm 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 happy because it, it it's not something that I look for. People find me and like, oh my goodness, you were so busy. Can you can you you know tell us more about the doula dumb thing? So uh, um, I I am um, you know in the media a lot, but I have my own website. It's www.motherme dot nl uh i've got a facebook uh slash mother me nl and i'm on interest i've got um many articles that i refer my clients to under amsterdam doula um and uh yeah that's that's and yeah yeah Yeah, to find me, and if you if you need to call me or email me, then everything's to be found on my website, yeah. Mother Me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been awesome, and it totally doesn't matter that we didn't get to the other questions because I this is. I'm so sorry. No, it's don't been- be sorry at all. It, it happens. It's not the first time, and this is what happens when you speak to passionate birth workers. So it's 
all perfect. Um, yeah. It's a really, it's a, I really love this topic because I think it's super pertinent to meeting people where they're at. And I yeah. guess it's also, we can resist the times as much as we like, but they're happening. And if we can still hold on to the, I guess, the sacredness and the preciousness of birth, wherever the person births, because like you said, it could be happening on the freeway. It yeah. could be happening as they're coming down the stairwell or who knows where. Um, and so it's, it is really about the mindset and, um, and the, and I guess the environment that you create for yourself, wherever you are. So yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And the preparation. To me, preparation. Yeah, well, really, that, that's all so, mindset, yeah. right? I mean, that's what yeah. gets you there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love this episode. I can't wait to release it. And um, thank you so much for your time. And I guess uh, I say go and enjoy the beach because it's really sunny outside. I am. I'm taking off my cowboy boots for the first day. It's a good day. It's a good day. All right. Thanks, Marta. Thank you, Kaz. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.